1: And just like that, the Origin Series is over. The Blues wrap it up in two games, both in Queensland. The first time, I think they said, in 23 years, and the last time it happened was when Tommy Radonicus was involved and caught coincidence or not, but uh, after his passing this year. Quite nice for New South Wales fans for them to do that. And then also from a points perspective, 76-6, to six, I think we need to lose by 20 points or something to change that being the biggest winning margin or the most points scored in a winning series victory.
2: Yeah, we've slapped them twice, haven't we, really, if you want to sum it up. But, um, yeah, it's been two fizzes, really, hasn't it? Like, they haven't even been contests. Queensland couldn't score a point last night. New South Wales probably bombed two or three, so it could have been easily 50 again.
1: Um think the referee showed a bit of pity on Queensland at times the bunker tried to find a try for him. yeah honestly um, it... I don't know whether, they are. like I'm not I don't
2: think we carry on as much when we win as what Queenslanders do like they carry on like morons when they were winning 7 or 8 in a row the, the thing is that Queensland side was never this dominant they might have been dominant
1: in a one off game like they, they smacked us by 50 a couple of times like there was two I think Indeciders At Lockheed's Retirements game And the game We were at in What what year was it That we went 2015 maybe I don't know It was Indecider And they got Towed 20, Yeah I don't know What year it was But um, But they've smacked us A couple of times No doubt about that But To be this dominant Across two games Like if New South Wales Were to be
2: You know Win by 20 or 30 In the third game That Queensland side That won Nine in a row Was never that dominant In one series They only They only had one clean sweep, I think. So, it, oh, I was saying to my wife last night, like she was sort of saying, how do you think this New South Wales side would go into that Queensland side? So, I've so got no idea, but I think we probably underestimate
1: how close some of those New South Wales sides were to that Queensland side. It was just that they were... We didn't have the spot. They were unreal. Yeah, they, they were just unreal. Like I, I still think
2: they hold the mantle as the best... Origin side ever Because they did it For so long And they They won some Really close deciders And uh, Yeah To win nine series In a row is ridiculous But this New South Wales side Now has won Three out of the last four And You know When you project forward And things can change Very quickly But I certainly can't see Queensland Winning next year's series just because of, you know, you sort of look and go. Like, uh, they've got a lot of good young players. I, I, can see that, but I'm not sure they're going to be able to come in and win straight away. I think it might take them a series or two to develop. Uh, but yeah, it's been, it, it's been nice to see us win, like win. But I also like a close game, so I've been been happy, happily disappointed. I would probably how I would sum up how I'm feeling. Well, even, decided, origin to me is that these scores that don't happen in Origin. No, never. And even when we will get smacked, like I said, like when, when we lost all that series in a row, like they were always fairly close games. Like maybe one out of three we got hammered,
1: but it was always a decider. Though we always had some glimmer of hope. Yeah. I don't know what's worse. Like you have to ask Queensland fans, but
2: like, is it worse to just have no hope, or is it worse to have? A little bit of hope and have it dashed. I don't know. I think we probably did a little bit tougher during that period than what they're doing it now. But uh, yeah, they've had plenty of things to cheer about. But this, this is what happens. Like when we were down, when we lost the last series in a row, we knew it would eventually swing and
1: maybe not to win three or four, but uh, yeah, we certainly knew that we had. There was a period of, of where it would swing back the other way. So. Well, we'd waited a long it's time. Been
2: like they, tell me a period. Oh, I think Queensland might have won the first five minutes in both games. Well, I, I, maybe not even that, but I don't know. Was it six all at one stage in the first game? I think it might have been. Or 12 six, maybe. There, there might have been a five minute period there where I thought, yeah, okay, they're getting the better of us. I thought maybe for the first five minutes last night they competed. But other than that, it's just been
3: dominance.
1: Yeah, I, I can't argue. And again, like you're saying, what's on the horizon, there's some good young players like your Sam Walkers, your Walsh's, um Tonga obviously wasn't a part of this series. Harry Grant was barely a part of it. But I go back to what we talked about in game one, and it was apparent again last night. If you can't get going from the backfield on play one, two, and you can't win the middle, it doesn't matter what you've got in your spine because they have no time and space to play. They can't influence the game kicking out of your own half, trying to play off the back foot. And the sad thing is they probably got longer because we scored, obviously, as well. But for the long gluts of possession, they did get a few times inside good ball. They came up with nothing. Their attack was just pedestrian. Yeah. There was a lack of... also New South Wales had plenty of energy. And like you said, their, their attack was shit. They had plenty of energy. But like structurally, you look at New South Wales and, again... We've got some very good players at the moment, and we they did exactly what we hoped they'd do. They basically played that Penrith sort of style. We've got Yo, Luai, Cleary. Cook's running wasn't as prominent because it doesn't need to be. Um, his job is to serve the ball, good service, play nice and wide, which they do, and they just reload. They've got bodies moving all the time. They've got options. They can play short. They can play at the back. They can run. They've got those barrel plays where you've kind of got two or three guys moving in a space that you can hit. Queensland legit was just like hit up, try to set up and play the ball hit up, try to set up and play the ball and if they ever did shift, three lead runners would be in front of the ball, the play would break down they just end up turning it back on the inside yeah. like, when you've got Cherry Evans and Munster, at least regardless of like who else is in that side, and you know, not lacking a centre and having capable, like I don't understand how you can be that poor on attack, I really don't I thought, like, after the game, Green, in the press conference, I don't know whether you saw it, but it he said, We really need to look at the way we're playing because the style of play we're, we're trying to produce is just not working. Well, Munster I said, thought, nice, way to, nice way to throw your coach
2: under the bus in a press conference.
1: Well, they seem on different planets because Munster said at half time that. Things are being called and people aren't in position, or they're not doing what they're supposed to do. So those no, two—that's so totally contradictory to what DCE said after the game, so. th- Those two look completely. I found also interesting, and
2: Nick pointed this out in the huddle after the game. DCE's not Ben Hunt's
1: talking. Yeah, I said the same thing to Dad. That while we're sitting here at home, going, a guy that got called in to play off the it's benches is a nine. knew' talking. And Terry really nice. Evans is sitting there talking about afterwards. Oh, we just maybe we maxim- lack some lack of motivation. And again, Christian Welch comes out and goes, "No one should lack motivation to play for their state." So yeah, and I kept saying that after
2: game one, like every Origin is a separate entity, and it's it, like it is a series, yes, but it's a separate entity in that
1: it's a chance to by Origin. Yeah, like, well. yeah, I lack
2: like motivation a like, lot. We lack motivation because we won last year. Like, who gives a fuck about last year?
1: You want to win every I'm year.
2: About, I'm sick of hearing about last year from both sides. Like just It's this year. This series is now done. So, Queensland need to worry about next year. Huh? It's like, don't worry about what you were in the past. Worry about what you are right now. What you are right now is a shamble and a laughing stock and an embarrassment to Queensland rugby league. That's what you are. Mm. That What you were last year is irrelevant because that's done. So realistically now, you need to project forward and think about what you want to be in the future. Yeah, it's just really, really poor leadership, I believe, and the, the way that they're talking and uh, looking for excuses like they spoke about the Mulatalo issue for three or four minutes.
1: Yeah, so, that was a big thing for a lot of people. you the
2: QRL fuck up as well. So, yeah, anyway.
1: Yeah, that one I find weird because I said this to you yesterday. If he played 16s, 18s, 20s... Well,
2: they're, they're irrelevant. You know what that's like? That's like saying I played 16s. Uh, I live in Queensland as a New South Welshman. And I get picked in the Queensland... Residence? School, no. In the, in the, yeah, residents or in the Queensland schools. Like, if I go to a Queensland school but I'm a New South Welshman, I could still get picked for Queensland schoolboys... Because
1: that's where I reside. They're residential sites. So well, for and Ball, there's guys that play out there if they're a New South Wales or a Queenslander. They still play for their rightful state. But my point is, how does the paperwork get lodged? And I think it's come out this afternoon that his first contract had everything obviously written as a no, and the last couple of contracts have had him qualify for Queensland. But under the rules that they reformed in 2012 after the whole James Tarmow incident, he doesn't qualify. He wasn't here before his 13th birthday. Which basically is for high schooling, the beginning of international football. He wasn't born in Queensland, obviously, and then under the father son rule, he doesn't qualify. So he was three. No, he was on the paperwork. And he doesn't qualify. Yeah. But my point is, how do you get to the point where but, well, even they, they even if then, they should have looked at that, surely But what I mean. Who who reviews there a box saying, exactly hey, this is who's eligible for us? So I'm not I'm not putting it all just on the QRL. Like they should know better. He should that's know better. Their job, to know who's eligible. But the NRL lodges the contract, so if you're lodging a contract and a bloke's ticked a all the boxes... Man. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Well, you should know. The QRL know what the eligibility
2: rules are, and they should know that each player meets them.
1: Yeah, well, I think that, that shouldn't it's go... Not the NRL, it's not
2: the NRL's back.
1: Yeah, but this is not even about... That's, without... like,
2: that's, like that's like saying that if, if for example, we, we go and play a state cup, to, uh, cup game on the weekend and we play an ineligible player, that that's all in the New South Wales Rugby League as the competition administrator. Right? Like, you know whether a player is eligible to
3: play
1: or not. Yeah, if someone's ticking all those boxes and they go through contracts before they approve them or lodge them, who's doing that job? Because at the end of the day, the other side of this as well, and it may be only a minor detail, but probably not for a kid who missed out on playing 16s, 18s, 20s, or having a spot as well over Ronaldo during that time. If he was never eligible and they've let him go through all these grades, you've potentially cost someone what may have been the only rep jersey they ever would have got in their life. I'm not saying that changes their life to make him go on to be an NRL player, but if he was never eligible and his eligibility belongs to New Zealand, Samoa, like his heritages, etc. When you submit your contract and you tick those boxes, surely someone goes through it. Because they have a database, and his name's been on it for multiple years. He's been in the emerging squads beyond this, so he's been there the whole time, ready to be picked. And it wasn't until a bloke, literally on social media, tagged all the journalists, and Brent Reid and a couple followed up on it and sent it to Dave Trodden from New South Wales Rugby League, who followed up with the NRL, which, again, speaks to amateur hour, which happens in rugby league too often, unfortunately. But, like I said, I'm not just saying it's the NRL. It's the QRLs or It's Queensland. But the whole thing, like, if you're lodging a contract and ticking those boxes... Yeah, a we're going around in circles here like in the end he's not
2: eligible and they knew he wasn't eligible based on those rules or, or if they didn't they haven't asked the right questions and it, it shouldn't have happened the day before the game or the day of the game it should have happened the eligibility argument should have been the day they picked him in their squad and it should have been no you can't pick him in your squad because he's not eligible move on anyway but we found a way to fucking look stupid and to again talk around in circles, it's it's a pretty simple fix. So move on, and and the only the, realistically, it's not going to affect anyone. It didn't affect Queensland. Like Coates came in, I thought played well last night, and Taylor wasn't going to save him. They can point to that as much as they want. In, in the end, it affects him. It's it's he's thinking he's a chance of playing, and the system's absolutely letting down. It's disgraceful that. He got to a point where he was in the side, and then and then all of a
1: sudden it becomes an issue. It's horrendous. I can't imagine how he's feeling. Yeah, at the end I was going to say, regardless of what side of the fence you sit on the rules and who. The, the, no,
2: there's no side of the fence to sit on. It's clear. Like when you go through, the,
1: that's why those rules are brought in. I get that, but people are you still see, arguing. No, a, why has he already got this far? Why do you get to play those grades? All the things I've just no, said. No, don't worry about those. Plain the and simple. NRL don't mean fuck all. Plain and simple. They let him down because, like you said, he was n- named, he got this far, and it happened on game day, <laughs> which is insanity. Yeah, that's what I said.
2: Yeah, it's ridiculous.
1: But, yeah, for Paul Green... I don't you... care,
2: New South Wales. I don't care if, if it was a New South Wales player,
1: it would the same thing. Yeah, well, you want to move on, we'll move on. Paul Green, though, and the press conference between him, Cherry Evans after, and Game 1, I think everything's been deflection and just embarrassing, to be honest. There's been no accountability really about performance. It's been, we got something wrong in camp or we could have done this a little bit better. The ronaldo Mulutalo situation. DC, like you said, his comments basically throwing him under the bus. monster during game having a differing opinion. like They didn't own anything performance-wise or what they dished up in the two games at all. Um, and even for Cherry Evans, for someone to be the captain, I'm calling Crocodile tears after the game because the way he spoke and his body language in that press conference, he shouldn't be the captain of Queensland.
2: Oh, yeah, he's not a, not a great leader, but, uh, yeah. I don't know what to say. Uh, Paul Green doesn't have the cattle.
1: The, no, he doesn't have the cattle. I'm not disputing uh, that at all. Yeah,
2: but he's always been that. Like, that's how he is when he gets when he beat. He's always not like that. He's not a great loser. Mm. And could he have spoken better?
3: Could he have taken more accountability? I don't know. I think it speaks more to there being a little bit of a
2: split in the camp. I'm not sure that the players have completely bought into... His style, um, he's only signed a one year contract up. It's really strange. Well, There's a lot that, of talk around his position now. Like, I
1: if Bennett's coaching that side, do they play better? Maybe. Well, Bennett was thrown no, up, but maybe, apparently. No, that's all.
2: You know, you can only go off last year, and that's, that's what everyone wants to point to. Last year is totally different to this year.
1: Well, they've brought up Bennett saying that they did want to keep him on board, but after he told them he wanted to focus on South, that they wouldn't go back there. But the fact they've signed Green for only a year, and he's if he's a free agent next year, sure, the QRL aren't that petty that they patch that up. Yeah. I think it's got Bennett
2: written all over it
1: next year if he doesn't have a club job. 100%. And that's the point I'm making. Regardless of the situation last year or if they were... Disappointed it's pretty shit. It's pretty that, shit for green. that he wasn't willing to do both jobs. Well, you know, if he's available now and they're off green and it hasn't worked out and they review things and look at it and go, okay, this definitely didn't work, Wayne Bennett should be their first point of call. Yeah. Next in line, otherwise, and it's already been talked about that Billy Slater was really interested in the but, job. Oh, please, how, how
2: do they do that? You never coached
1: Oh, well, again, like a lot of guys that had these jobs previously. Like, Daly has done some one-off rep stuff, but he wasn't exactly a club coach or a full-time coach. No, I agree. And we we have it. Uh, Mel Meninga had his little stint in the NRL, like Fred, and didn't have success, but obviously done better at the origin level and the rep level. Had pretty good cattle. Billy's done... Yeah, exactly. Billy's done specialised coaching, but obviously, like you said, he's not a full-time coach. But if you're ever going to go into something with a lack of, say, club coaching or all-around coaching knowledge... Maybe this sort of that's arena. where Freddie like
2: Freddie got it completely wrong last year I was his harshest critic uh, and, but he went away he's learned his lesson and he's developed and coached the shit out of this season like out of this series They've been, the Blues haven't put a foot wrong right? I don't think I've seen as I said earlier a side that's been that clinical ever in an in origin series and irrespective of what Queensland had just up, New South Wales has been
3: unbelievable
1: mm. And another reflection we've talked about before about, or you've just mentioned as well, cattle club combinations, all those things. Like for years, dominated by Melbourne, the Queensland teams were doing well, the Cowboys, your Broncos, etc. That was the makeup of the Queensland side. Whereas at the moment, all three of those sides are going poorly. Like North Queensland are going okay, but there's not a great North Queensland influence on that side. Whereas you look at the New South Wales side of things, dominated obviously by the most dominant side in the competition are the Panthers, the majority of the spine, the way they play, and then to have basically the three best fullbacks in the game, all in one team, two of them playing at the centres because they're such good footballers, all running a different corridor or channel of the field, followed by Tedesco at the back, probably the best yardage winger in the competition. Like one to seven, they're ridiculous. And forwards-wise as well in terms of depth and even the fact they went for Sims and Murray in the back row still well and truly were better than their opposites. And yep. Crichton coming in and keeping him off the bench after what happened in Game One, right decision. Still did a very very good job. The front row are options last year's Dalian medalist has played seven minutes and you know fifteen or twenty in the last game. Like the, the difference, and, and then talking about depth again. Like you look at their situation. We're talking about center where you got someone like Paul Catewell who has busted his ass and again did so last night. But it's a complete mismatch and he's playing out of position. New South Wales have got two fullbacks. Like we can't, we don't even pick a first choice centre. But if we did, compared to New South uh, to Queensland, you got Bradman Best, What? Why injury prone? Still only twenty. Katoni Stags, Lomax, Crichton. Like the way Burton's play. That like we just have so many more options. The wing options, if we didn't go with tire on that, like we, within your two-posed, tupos, etc. Your halves like Cody Walker could have got a run. RP at the nine spot. Like, there's not many positions you could look at with them compared to us, whether it be forwards, outside backs, etc. Like all these areas right now where we don't have them well and truly covered for depth. Um, and probably the best part, if you're a New South Wales fan, that one to seven in particular, all young. Like Tedesco is the oldest; he's 28. But Latrell. Tom, Luai, Cleary are all 24, 25 years old. Brian's even younger. He's 22. Um, so you'd like to think that if everyone plays well and their club form continues and things moving forward, you can build on that for a long time to come. And forwards-wise, like yeah, Angus Crichton's Radley, who missed the series, who they basically said was going to be a walk-up if he was good to go. Murray, Gus, like, uh, Angus Crichton's the oldest of that lot, 25. Murray, 23. Haas, 21. 23, Radley. Martin's 23, 24. Like, all these guys are going to be around for a long time. The oldest guy in the team was Tarek Sims, who's my vintage, 31. And again, in, wasn't in line really until the injuries came in. Um, so I think there's not many positions where they're yeah, in. no question we're young. Yeah, it's, it's a good situation to be in after a long That was always going to happen when we rolled out the old brigade. There was always going to be that young brigade,
2: provided we stuck with them. So mm. that's
1: what we've done. So I guess Just the question... Part, you
2: look at that. Look at the side that was out there last night And the majority of them have been involved
1: in the last four series So mm. this is what you get And for the Queensland side of things We're talking about depth and having to find players They're generally still young in a lot of guys across that park But when people say we need changes, we need to do something like That's just the issue They don't have a lot they can reach for right now Yeah,
2: well that's similar to what, how we were in the early you know, 2010s mm. You know, you had Mullen and Wallace and Pearce,
1: and we were just going merry-go-round with them and, and um, Ennis and Farrow and we went round and round with them. We mm, changed our fullback change, on and off. You know,
3: that's, that's what happens when you lose. When you lose, you, you make changes. That's what happens. When you win, you stick and you develop. Um,
2: New South, I thought New South Wales were probably at times too loyal during that period. So it's a oh. fine line for Queensland because Queensland apparently pick and stick even though plenty got the arse after the first game, and rightfully so. I, I think, yeah, again, stop talking about what you were in the past and just pick the best team you
1: got available. So. Well, for game three, I guess, you know, as a, well, Melbourne, just available first, as so. a Melbourne fan, I'm hoping the Harry Grant's not available because I don't want him going in there. With the series over, in all honesty. Yeah, but he's, he's a significant improvement on any non I know that, so. but I'm hoping, from a Melbourne perspective, in the fact that the series is over, I hope he doesn't go in there. If I'm Newcastle, Sandy with Ponga. They haven't had Ponga all yeah, year. I agree. If I'm those clubs, I agree. But um, for Queensland to be at their best, those, if those two play, they'll, they'll make a big difference. I think they missed the opportunity, and we talked about this game one, especially with Harry being off an injury. I couldn't believe they didn't keep Marnie in there, and that ended up with him being injured. Walker and Walsh have already been talked about. I don't think this is Sam Walker's cross to bear right now. You wouldn't do it to him. Uh, Walsh, even if they did want to get him in there, if Pong is available or somebody else, again, I don't think it's his cross to bear after what's happened so far this series. Um, As far as forward options, again, you look at... They got Papali back. They rolled Molo in. They readjusted things. They even put Fafida on the bench, which I didn't understand. None of that made a difference. They're not going to recall Offa Hengawi, Louis... Like your Maguire, who's been suspended past that and no, like there's, there's really not a whole lot of options. And when you look again, like it's something like centre, Will Chambers used this before, it's probably at least a legit centre and one of their best options. And he got flicked from Melbourne, spent 18 months away from the games, only just come back with the Sharks, which speaks to the situation they've got. Yeah, I, I get that. I'd pick him there. Mm. And other than that, like your options yeah, Half like capable in the back row mm. and strengthen, you know, moves.
3: One
1: of your backgrounds to lock and just strengthen your side up a little bit. And for like, you know, there's there's no other options, really. Like Oates with your backline options, not even playing first grade. Allen, who played last year, not. Mooley, who's now under question. All the young guys that were at Brisbane, so, like, your test your news. Yeah, Corey Allen played his
3: last game with us, in the Cup,
1: so league, well, yeah, um, and even like we talked about these young forwards a few years ago, they had so much hype for Carrigan's obviously out, Flegler hasn't lived up so far, et etc, these guys that they had for a year or two, Tommy Gilbert is only 20 at the Cowboys, a lot of these guys aren't going to be ready for a couple oh. of years, if any, and, and like center wing spots, like they were talking about Hamiso playing, like for God's sake, he's barely defending at club football, starting to learn to play as a center, let alone throw him in that arena. Yeah, he's um, better, better when you at club than Phil. Yeah, well, that, that's fine, but they're talking about centre. I'm like, you can't defend at centre at club and he's learning. You can't put him in origin up against one of those two guys again. It's just unfair. No. Uh, the only real guy that's played all year for them who's available right now playing centre besides Chambers is Opechek at Parramatta, who's had to move clubs every two years for the last six years.
2: I think uh, Brimston should be right by then. He, he's going to play one. Put Holmes on a wing, that strength is just side up straight away
1: all oh, that we talked about I'd, I'd keep coats. I'd be punched felt I would have
2: done that after the first game if Pong Centres, is there I'd, I'd play Gagai in, um, and Chambers halves I guess you just you just roll around with them again
1: but and hooky you got to hope that Grant's back uh, yeah I don't, I don't know yeah there's not much no, else no, like the, 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 the great white hope was going to be Papali like, the guys have
2: played good footy for Canberra I don't know what, what they thought he was going to bring to the Queensland
1: side. No, and even with Walt Cherlyong back. I, I would have started
2: for the Waker. Like, I, I, I don't know. It might, it might be a bit of a Titans' boss, but he, I thought he was their best middle, apart from the stint that Welsh had at the start
1: of the game. Yeah, with a the couple of players. The game. Like, reward him for playing well and like, giving him a starting spot. Like, I think he plays his best footy for the Titans starting as well. Yeah. It frustrates me that he comes off the bench for, for
2: the Titans, but it's a different conversation. I, and then when he came on the field last night, I thought he had an immediate impact and. He did some good things but you know it's you he didn't really have a nine or a half or a fullback or anyone really playing at the back of it uh, I, I, just, I think there are some changes that they can make to make their side better but i'm still not sure that they they beat us
1: Yeah, no, and overall but, again but when
2: you're not as talented you need to make sure you've got everyone in the right spot and i i, I would argue that they don't
1: or everyone just playing to their best of their ability and i'd argue right now they're not and again whether that be where they are at club and how they're all going. majority of their team is built up of teams that are in the bottom four or in the bottom half of the ladder. Like, Tino's not playing anywhere near as well as what he was. We spoke about Fafita before we got on the phone as well. Munster's been quite this year. He's again off the back foot. I know it's hard. Well, so Fafita, Munster
2: and, and uh, Tino have all...
1: like They're million-dollar players. Mm. Well, close enough too Like the
2: high end players they would be terrible
1: and Again Papali, You mentioned before There's a lot of Papali guys there again, yeah Terrible That just Yeah Not playing well at all Gago is usually superhuman More so well, on the last wing Last night like, I would have moved uh, Munster
2: to full back I would have brought Ben Hunt on um, and, and tried to get Munster in the game I would have done that The first half But I thought they just They needed something They needed They needed to change it up And Munster at that In the first half He was just not signing off
1: Nobbies yeah. So I would have tried to get him involved in the game. And Holmes,
3: Holmes' ball playing is awful. Uh, he bombed a few
2: chances for him last night, just with shit passes and not executing.
1: But, yeah. yeah. So they got plenty to fix for New South Wales. Again, people have gone over lots of different aspects, but oh. it all started the same way. The back five were outstanding exceptionally busy again Tedesco played absolutely out of his skin thought he, he was obviously the real feature last night and that beauty of having that kind of corridors again of those three strike players, Luttrell on the left so damaging, Tommy on the right Teddy mainly through the middle channel but then those guys swapping and linking up and being all over the field the halves didn't overplay their hand Nathan just steered things, kicked well and did his job so well again, Luai got the ball to those guys who had the hot hand, didn't overplay his hand Cook, good service, like we said, didn't have to run and do a whole lot. I, I didn't think the Ford Pack were asked to do it, a whole bunch, bar that little early period where we cycled and just, you know, absorbed that bit of pressure they tried to bring early. But Safidi was great again. Haas was good off the bench. Crichton was good off the bench. Like, there wasn't a bad player for New South Wales again. And even, like, say, a Murray who he had a couple of mistakes being offside for that play level, dropping that try cold, but defensively, 44 tackles again. Was solid on the edge, did his job. Um, Sims again providing some punch and aggression and just being that that guy and even with all the shit that was going on in Queensland trying to spark something in particular uh, with a little that they just didn't get a bite he laughed every single time that Felt or DC or anyone tried to ramp something up and um, it just didn't work yeah it's hard to get a bite when you're getting your ass kicked so yeah I don't really think they were just getting her ass kicked Latrell played all over that that edge of the field like it was embarrassing Mm. And he had some huge moments. You know, the one-on-one strip was good. The intercept. Well, that's what started the rot. That the start of the rock. It was nil all then after twelve minutes. I think that was the best part of the game again. Forget the attacking plays; and now they, brilliant. Not only did they get stripped, and the next play they concede. Mm. New South Wales got stripped on the left hand side, and New South Wales just went bang, bang, bang three passes. Cook, Cleary, Tedesco, bang hits out our cards, but six nil. Yeah. Thank you. That's how quickly it happens. It's all those effort moments More so than the attack So The one-on-one strip Picking the intercept Driving back in the in goal The turbo save on Coates The Toto save on Felt Yo getting under McCulloch Like any time it looked like There was a try Beckoning They cleaned it up Or they saved it That's more important again Than the points they scored Because The attack again You
2: give You give them the two tries That they should have scored It's it's, it's 26-12 Like it's more respectable So
1: Definitely that on the same the deal for us. So
2: the, yeah, there's an argument. It was a much closer game. Than... Murray has two moments there, which
3: but I, I, I go back to what I said earlier. I think also it could have been easily been fifty because we we bombed a couple
1: as well. Well, like I said, Murray directed to two of them on poor plays. He was the only one offside on that play the ball, and the yeah, other one he, he just stone cold dropped it. Yeah, that's right. We scored on that play. So I don't know what he was doing getting bent so late back I don't know it's usually but not he was, was gas, but I thought it was pretty early in the half it's not like him to be like that but yeah he yeah, had two, two moments there where at the end of the game he got lots of raps and I thought he was good but he did have two monumental fuck ups really mm. like dropping that one in open space is not ideal and then that other trial was an absolute pearl yeah, I'm up. not sure he scores there any other couple of bodies around him but mm. yeah he, he still should have caught it mm. But, again, those, all those key players and having those three fullbacks, the halves, like, you, you can't give enough praise to everyone the whole series. And I really hope they finish the job. I guess the next question, um, you don't really have anything else to add. I don't think there's a whole lot to add. To it. Everyone saw it. It's not much to be reviewed. No, so, I think, but we have spoken about it for half an hour. So. The Queensland side of things and it, what changes they do, make, you'll have to wait and see. Um, but I guess... The next thing in terms of this is where the game's going to be played. Obviously, now we're all back in lockdown. I hope everyone is uh, safe and doing well. And we're in lockdown, mate. I, I haven't watched enough. I am, I am going to win the premiership for beers drunk during lockdown. I am, on, I am on holidays, and I've, I've still got, believe it or not, because I never drink
2: at home, ever, I've still got three cartons of beer from Christmas. Um I had another carton of beer that someone, on oh, the bloke across the road gave me. So I had four cartons of beer. So I'm just, I'm going to sixer every night.
1: Oh. Well, so that, that's that's everything. not the case for, for uh, I think everybody. But if if you're one of these people who gets to work from home, screw it on. Well, I'm on holidays. I'm, I got locked down holidays. So you got locked up. They won't let yeah, him out. good. We um Saturday was a strange old day of footy because we. Kick off at three. The lockdown got announced at quarter past two. So, and it was for six o'clock that night. So yeah, it was. That was a weird, really, really weird day at footy on Saturday. So,
2: uh, yeah, I, I don't get me started on being in fucking lockdown. I, I think it's ridiculous that the government just just changed from oh we're going to take the pressure off the hospitals to uh, you know the whole philosophy around the virus has been. It's now gone from, we're just going to suppress it and get everyone vaccinated and, you know, we'll get through it to, it's fucking, apparently it's zero cases. So it's elimination, it's not suppression. We want zero cases, okay. But well, we can't eliminate it, that's the problem. Well that's, well, that's what we're trying to do. That's why we're in lockdown, it's ridiculous. Anyway, there's a hundred fucking active cases in New South Wales, I think it's, it's ridiculous. But that, that you know, he, and I get that it, it, it's dangerous to a certain section of the population, but for the majority of us, it's it's not going to kill us, and it's you know it's not going to be pleasant. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like even today, like the kids are kids have daycare today. There's all these all these parents that haven't sent their kids or whatever because they're in lockdown. I, yeah, I, we sent our kids, so I um I value their education and you know social development more than I do. Been buying into all the fear around COVID, so that's my take on it. I know there's plenty that disagree with me, but um, yeah,
1: yeah. Well.
2: It, would have, it would have been What would have been interesting is if this was week five at school, whether schools would still be open. I'm, I'm not sure on whether they would be or not. Like it was, it's obviously an easier call to lock it down for two weeks when it's school holidays. Uh, but, you know, what if we don't get to zero
1: community transmission by when's the lockdown end? The ninth or whatever it is? We won't. So are, they, are they then going to extend it? Probably.
2: Because we don't, have, we don't have zero? Does that mean that as soon as we get one, we go back into lockdown? Like oh, I don't get it.
1: Right. Uh, Too much talk Brad about Hazard, COVID. Brad Hazard, the moron. I mean, you know, that limo driver, stupid today, I think he, he said. There's no... Uh,
2: yeah, he said there was, a, there was a line that he running out today, got a bit shirty with the journalist because I watched a press conference and um, he started bagging the fuck out of the limo driver. I'm like, the limo driver driver didn't have, he wasn't vaccinated and he didn't have a face mask on but Brad Hazard, you control the rules, you're the health minister, you implement the rules that that limo driver works under and there were rules that stated that he didn't have to be vaccinated and that he didn't have to wear a mask. So don't complain about someone not following rules that don't exist, you fucking idiot. Anyway, he should have gone
1: after Ruby Princess, but we're getting a little bit political here. Yeah, but so. now, yeah, it's ridiculous. I've got zero interest. I'm over it. The only thing I care about now is... To... Oh, I'm completely over it. And
2: you know why? Because, see, lockdowns lockdown's easy for me and easy for our family because we are both work for the government. We're both going to get paid. We're both on salary. You know our, our two kids are perfect. I don't have health issues. You know we, we live a nice life. There's plenty of people out there who don't have that. Who now won't be getting paid, or that have small businesses, or that have sick kids, or that you know are living by themselves. That are going to fucking struggle during this period. I hate I hate it, it for that perspective. Not for for me, like for us, it doesn't. Not a lot of things change, apart from the fact that. Um, we we probably don't we we go out for breakfast maybe once a week with the kids that we we just won't do that because of lockdown but otherwise like basically nothing changes for us in this period we we would have done a little bit more with the kids because of school holidays or whatever and and I'm off we would have done a few things with the kids but they'll survive they're okay but you know the impact it's had on us is minimal we still both get paid like we normally would Um, but there's people out there who like just say oh, for two weeks you're not allowed to work or you're not allowed to you gotta stay at home like it's it's just it puts so much pressure on on people so get around get around friends um and family or people who are affected neighbors just checking on everyone because we can be really insular and selfish i think and uh i'm certainly very mindful of how lucky we are in our situation that we're we still get paid and things are as normal because i know it's, it puts a puts a lot of people under the pump and I, I just don't think the threat of the virus should outweigh that the, the, the pressure that it puts on people
1: that's just that's my take on it yep yeah, well back to but foot- I'm going to win the premiership for beer drinking in this in this lockdown that's my goal footy's been canned we're off until the 10th so no training no games so it feels weird for me I'll like, well, fire out for the next two weeks I don't have to go to training I don't have to go to work. That's it, man. Well, I'm still going to work and I get abused by more people now because they're locked down and I turn their power off. So, how good? I actually got... I
2: went to... I had Nick's car to get a service today.
1: I actually got thanked at a few places for using the QR code because people have abused the
2: fuck out of people for making them use the QR code. I thought that everywhere you go, you use the QR code. This is what we need to do. So... We
1: can't go into lockdown because they can trace people easier. Anyway. Yeah, all right. Well, origin three. It's gonna be affected most likely. They've pretty much said today Well it's going to Newcastle. That it's unlikely to be at ANZ Stadium, which is the case. I think Newcastle they still said with the rules that they've got right now would be at fifty percent capacity, but they'd try to find a way, if possible, for that not to be the case. But if it wasn't gonna be at either of these venues, where else would you go? Canberra? possibility I guess but uh, I think they more more as I highlighted today for Landis and the NRL that they will be making the best financial decision at the end of the day realistically because with the changes that occurred last year to obviously we take it well again would, would you reckon a foreign state would be interested in a dead rubber Yeah
3: uh, they'd be interested in an event.
1: Well that's what the I was f-
2: supposed to get game one anyway
1: Yeah well, I don't know. I don't know.
2: I'm just, I'm just a bit Maybe New Zealand. Why can't you
1: go to New Zealand? Well, because we're not allowed to travel over there. Well, I'm sure they get an exemption to take an origin game over there. So uh, I don't know. I just, I thought... Know. I'm just, I'm throwing out ideas. Right? I thought today similar to you that if you could go to a WMA, Melbourne, what's that? But again, like Western Australia, like are they
2: going to
1: pay? Uh, well, they've they've locked everyone in Queensland. out. Queensland, Played at SunCorp again. They've locked everyone out after one case, so you definitely won't be going over to Perth.
2: I played at SunCorp.
1: They say to Queenslanders, if you sell it out, we'll play it here again. Let us fucking beat them three times in their own. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm being serious. If they can get full crowd, i will take it
2: to. I'd take it back
1: to Queensland. Well, if Anastasia wants to pay for it again, that's fine. But I think, yeah. Yeah, what, I, yeah what, what else are there? What are the other options? They mentioned today, obviously, this is going to have an effect with no crowds, vendors, hospitality, etc. So, realistically, the decision would be made in the best financial interest of the game. It would have been easier if it was a decider. It's obviously not the case. Uh, Newcastle's definitely on the radar, but, yeah, they'd be working on trying not to have it at 50% capacity if they're outside of that Sydney bubble and don't have uh, any issues there. What's well,
2: Canberra. Canberra now, they're in lockdown as well, aren't they? Like, they've locked New South Wales residents out. Oh, it's, so you almost said to Canberra, we'll sell it out and you can, you can have it
1: yeah well, I'm just interested again without knowing what's going to happen the next two weeks how what their plan is but again. plenty of
2: pollies down in Canberra would like to go to the rugby league yeah but I don't know I think Newcastle they should just say look at the community transmission in Newcastle if there's no case they just let them have a full stadium again this is
1: fucking red tape can shit. we can we trust that there's not some fucking stupid people that would try to get there from Sydney, who were in the lockdown zone? No, but but okay. So using that uh, logic, then they're going to try and get there, whether it's thirty or whether it's fifteen. Doesn't matter. What do you mean? Well, irrespective of how many people they let in, there's still going to be people from Sydney trying trying to get up there. That's why, if if, if that's if that's a concern then just take it out of New South Wales. If the concern is COVID and that you don't want any cases, unless we've got zero community transmission, then take it somewhere else. Take it, take it back to Queensland. Pakistan, I'd rather have a packed stadium in Queensland than have 15,000 Newcastle. I think would be stupid. Hmm. Well, it will be interesting to see how things and play
2: Queenslanders, like, I know they've been smacked, smacked twice, but they love their footy up there. like... They're, they're at the moment in a good spot with COVID, so what wouldn't they want to take advantage of it and watch another Origin game? Maybe because their team's shit, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah,
3: well... well. I, guess,
2: I, guess, I guess on the flip side, you'd have to say...
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
2: Got given game three that was supposed to be Queensland. Would we would we sell it out? I think the answer to that's probably no. But I I still think we get fifty to sixty thousand there at ANZ. So I've I've got no doubt that Queensland can get fifty at some point. I don't know. Maybe go to Gold Coast. What's the Gold Coast?
1: Thirty thousand. No idea, but it's going to be interesting how it plays out because they're going to have to make a decision. Pretty soon, you'd think to try and get the ball rolling about what they're going to be doing. They can't leave it to the last minute or so, there's two weeks plays out before Could they they make the a call. But they cancel the game. Just not play. Highly doubtful for TV purposes and advertising everything else. And that on the it's, bare uh, minimum. There's yeah, a, I'm asking the question. There's no uh, way. <laughs> but yeah, but it's been a dead rubber. Yeah, uh, oh, it hasn't stopped them in the past. So yeah, no, I'm just big Too much TV money involved. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Just one I thought would be interesting, but we'll see how that plays out. But other than that, uh, no set of six. There's obviously round 16, no power rankings, etc. All that kind of stuff. And just a bit of news to run through of what's been going on over the last week as well. Before we do those tips, uh, obviously. Give us some news, mate. Obviously, we know the Warriors have been very busy. Dallin transferring mid season, now signed till 2024. Chad. The Chad? Around
0: 2024.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw that it was the uh, rest of this year and then a couple of years on top, so... Wow. Not on the same coin that he was on, that's for sure, but they've signed him on a deal. Yeah. But uh, the other one, old play Chad... Wing as well. What's that? It's got to be the play wing as well. He's oh. not taking Walsh's jersey. No, nah, they've definitely signed the to play wing. Yeah. Chad. The Chad from Cronulla. Kick the goal. immediately as well? His is for the rest of the season because they've obviously got some injuries in the halves, so brought him back over and then the big news that no one saw coming, Johnson's going back. Yeah, well. So I think that one... He must have taken a pay cut. Oh, it is. Everything's coming full circle. He kicked up a stink a couple of years ago, wanting a million dollars after having a couple of average years and they told him to find the door. Um, And now that everyone's basically bartered him down and the Bulldogs were very, very confident that they looked to get it across the line for two years, 500 a season, he ended up back at the Warriors, so... Take me back, daddy. I think, uh, yeah, it's funny how things work in rugby league, but full circle. Johnson to the Warriors. Yeah, I like it. Two years, 500k. It's, it's not bad at all. I think uh, it's good for both parties, so it's worked out well. Um, for them, still, I think Lodge will be on the radar. The fact he's obviously got a connection there with Peter O'Sullivan, and Nathan Brown was apparently interested when he was at Newcastle, so I don't think we've heard the end of that, but. Brisbane have poo-pooed that, which we'll get to soon uh, for the rest of this season. But a little bit of bad news on the Warriors side of things. They've obviously had a lot of injuries and a lot of change, and they're trying to shore things up for the rest of the season. Um, Josh Curran and Ewan Aiken two weeks isolation after being on a flight with a cabin crew member who tested positive. So I think they also said three or four others that were close contacts in the team are in isolation pending their results. So they may struggle with some troops coming uh, this Friday against the Dragons and Walsh with his hamstring as well, if that's the case. so, One to keep your eyes on. But speaking of the Broncos, we know last week, Benny Eichen hired for the head of football. They moved a couple of people on. Donohue's now in the, the hot seat as well for GM. They're trying to head in a different direction. There's talk already that prior to camp that Catewell will be going back there. That would be their first signing, but they've also come out today with Kevy, after talking about get rid of Penguin Lodge, and said they're not leaving this year. So um, that, that's changed talk quickly. Yeah, about, about oh, it's all over the joint. But um, as to why, I don't know. Are they just trying to get stability with everybody and all the talk in the media, and just say everyone play out the rest of the year, and we'll sort things out from there? Oh, I don't know. But they're linked to Gagai, they're linked to Jaden Suar, and multiple other players. The old boys president. Chris Johns resigned, saying he was unhappy and felt this hiring was an undermining of Kevy again, which, in all honesty, I don't know how the Broncos fans feel, but I think the old boys should just fuck off because they've caused just as much problems. <laughs> they're, they're starting to look like Parramatta in the past when Ray Price and that were calling shit out or the Bulldogs in their last couple of years and people like knifing each other. like. How do you resign from the old boys? From the old boys, how does that work? I don't know. He's, he's off barbecue duty on the Friday burger thing they have or something, I don't know. <laughs> But I, I I did enjoy Tallis basically saying that he knows who the players were that were releasing comments and he'd call them out because I enjoyed in the past when he stuck up for Potter and all good uh, for the Kev situation. But again, I still find it laughable that all these people are ropeable now, but they're the same ones who pushed out the last coach. So, you yeah, know, they're honest, they're support like for one and not for another. And they're saying he needs time, he needs to be able to rebuild it, he needs to do this, look at the roster, r And we talked about this a million times. The, the other roster had some shit contracts and things that we've been trying to turn over and barely got 18 months so I don't,
2: I don't feel vindicated but
1: no, I'm I, not I, do, I don't want
2: to say I told you so but I'm going to say
1: I told you so well I, I was with you we are both yeah no I um, know
2: that I'm talking more to the listeners
1: but anyway, anyway and, and the only decision like, and we I've said this
2: to shit off people a few in particular that um, you know wanted to, wanted to message me about Seabold and I'm a Seabold sympathiser I uh, yeah
1: or well, plain and simple. I don't, I,
2: don't, I don't think it's. I think I think Kevy's got some things horrendously wrong. I think Sebald got some things um, horrendously wrong as well. But you can keep moving the coach on. The fucking results haven't improved. The, yeah. The players are what they are. Like, as a core group, they're just. Are just quitters. Mm, they're plain all. and simple. They're not. They're not first graders. They. They want to look for excuses. They want to look for soft options, and the soft option is to undermine your coach. When you're not getting Selected Or you're not playing The position Or you're not getting The minutes Or whatever, whatever it is like In the end The field doesn't lie What you do on the field Is what That's your currency and
1: They've got zero currency A lot of those players They've, they've been awful mm. And I think We said this last week The only decision now With making Off-field decisions Which need to happen as well Paul White's obviously gone They've got in From Melbourne You've got Icon on board They moved on Peter Nolan Who did a mess at Parramatta And a few other places as well They've changed Their high performance department I think Locker and a few of the other guys that are part of this retention and uh, recruitment committee have got some stuff to answer for as well because 12 months ago they're touting did and a bunch of these people now they're saying we've got problems. Like, this whole restructure has not only got to happen on the field, it's obviously got to happen off the field. But plain and simple, and we said this last week, the people you're putting in place need to decide Kevy's either the right coach or he's not. Forget. I can't believe there's talk about Kevy's job.
2: Like what did, what did they expect? They were favourites for the wooden spoon at the start of the year. Uh, th- to me, this was never going to be a successful season for Brisbane. No. Nah. So to to put Kevy on the hot seat and say they're going to sack like it's fucking ridiculous.
1: No, yeah, well, you should have he's, hired him. He's, he's... No, but if if you're going to do that, if you're going to give him his time, yeah, exactly. But if you're good enough to get Adam Reynolds, if you aren't going to give him the time, though, they shouldn't hide him in the first place. But I thought there was a period. I thought there was a period there. You
2: know, when they played Penrith, I think it was like a three or four week period there where I I, I thought he he got his style right, like in how he's communicating, how he's speaking, and the group really responded, and they like they put pushed Penrith in a really tough game there with Penrith had their full side. Um, they had that really good comeback win over the Titans. Like, they beat the Roosters. Like there was a there was a period there where it was it was going really, really well and shit sort of hit the fan now, but you know, I I don't I don't understand. Like if, if they're getting the same results next year and they've got Reynolds and you know things are still unstable. Like okay. Like I think he hadn't got it to your contract anyway, didn't he? I think so, so you can sort of get to the end to get to this time next year and go, okay, mate. Look, like, you've had two years, and you know we're going to go in a different direction. Okay, but to, to, to even think about sucking him this year, like even if they lost every game now until the end of the year, I
1: wouldn't be sucking him. I mean, no, but this is the insanity of the joint. Though, like we said in the restructure, that but if they get in there now and they look at what's going on for the rest of the year and feel like this bloke's not an NRL coach, they need to make a decision. But a few people. <laughs> Asked last week. Yeah, but they knew they knew that when they signed him. Well, Donahue didn't sign him, and this current regime right. that's changing didn't sign him. Is more the point I'm making. Yeah, yeah if, no, it's a fair point. If I'm they look it at it though, on this, are yeah, uh, very good. Oh, you
2: know, based on very
1: valid reason. I think your point's really valid. I, I just it would be insane. But the other thing, and a few people brought this up insane, last week, but it'd just be it'd be really. It's un- Brisbane. Again, they're another one. They're like they all they want to do is talk about what they were in the
2: past. This club was a great club, yeah, but that's what you were in the past. What you are right now is an embarrassment. Mm. You're the reigning wooden spooners. You're currently in the wooden spoon position.
1: At the moment, you are a wooden spoon club. Yeah.
2: With wooden spoon players and wooden spoon administration.
1: And a few ask so lastly. Start week.
2: talking about what you want to be. Start making a plan on what you want to be. And I think. The Eichen appointment is a great one. The Donaghy appointment is a great one. They obviously need to get their coach right. And that's not for me to say that whether he's right or wrong. I wouldn't have hired him in the first place. But yeah, I guess got, they did. They need to make a decision. If they think he's not the right man for the job, then maybe, maybe they do make a move on him. I, I'm just shocked that they're in this position.
1: Oh, I think we all are. I, would do, I didn't see this coming, but I think the question a few asked last week, if, if they were to move on, well, who would you bring in and hire now? And it's a good question because there's not really a whole lot on the market. The Wayne Bennett situation, I don't see how they patch that up, as we spoke about before. And even with Ike in there, I, like I know that he's married to is it married to Wayne's daughter, I think, or what? But I don't, I don't think they see eye to eye. But for business purposes, it couldn't be. I don't know if it would be the worst thing in the world if you know they oversaw things for a year or two there. But other than that, I think the best available coach on the market is a guy who hasn't coached the last couple of years because he's been suspended, and that's Shane Flanagan. Yeah. because you go and look for an assistant. Whether you like him or not, his track record speaks for itself. He won a comp. He was at a club that had bugger all funding, no junior base prior to him being there, put in the long-term work to get the sharks in the position they're in he obviously that'd help along the way but if he went to a place that naturally has juniors good recruitment good facilities all those sort of things as long as he could avoid any monumental fuck-ups off the field which he obviously had a few little issues there um you know it, it, as far as credentials and who you'd hire I think he'd probably be one of your better candidates but other than that I, I don't see anyone out there screaming for that job or and again I'm, I'm not saying there's not an assistant or someone who's been a coach or something else that would maybe do a better job but I understand from the other perspective if it's not Bennett or Bellamy or someone else or yeah who do you hire yeah. so but just for their own operation if you're going to be making all these changes at board level club and review and everything I'm sure the new people in play now will be looking at Kev as well so yeah it's a fair point see what happens but they got their hand in the ring for a couple of guys. Katewell reportedly, the deal's done. He denied it this week, said he wanted to focus on origin, but yeah, it's... Uh, until tomorrow, the day after it gets announced this. With Penrith just spending 800000 four years on Fisher-Harris and all the guys they've locked up, I highly doubt Katewell is going to be able to stay, and that was the next bit we're going to move on to with the Panthers. It's obviously huge signing news there, but it'll be interesting to see how they play this uh, for next year in particular, because they've spent big money, Luai, getting him locked in, uh, you know, we've obviously had Crichton and a couple of these other guys get across the line, Toto, etc. For the rest of this year, Kenny has been a subject of interest. He's off May, who they've liked to use in different roles. And next year, they've got some big names in Edwards, Kikau, Korosau, Leota, etc. Um, So they've got some decisions to be made, but they've obviously tried to tie up what they think is the core that they're going to need long-term after this little bit of a push. But Fisher-Harris... Um, you know, if, if they got him for that money in his mid-20s, I think he's worth it. I think he's the best prop in the game. I think he actions speak louder than any of his words do, and he's, he's the best, prop, in the game, the best prop and one of the most consistent forwards in the comp full stop. Yeah, so, I agree, man. Um, yeah, definitely interested. That, that d- development that we've talked about in that pathway, it's going to have to produce because when you get to this situation where they've gotten a window quick and it's accelerated, contract negotiations and squad, very quickly whether it be this year or next year they're probably going to have to pull a trophy because on the back end of that when you've got all these guys on big money there will probably be a year or two there where they sign fringe guys or have guys push in again to try and replenish that stock where they may not be as much of a threat for the title but their window is certainly open now and potentially next year but big signing on their behalf. The Bulldogs very disappointed um, that they obviously missed out on Johnson. They thought they We're in a real, really good shot there. Nick Meaney, someone who they didn't really have on the radar, but once Melbourne had an interest, apparently they offered him an upgraded deal. They've lost him to the Storm for next year, and they've got a recruitment meeting tomorrow afternoon to decide where to. They've still got 14 players off contract. Um, Having a look, I don't really know where they go from here. In terms of what they've got off contract, there's only two or three guys I looked at that you'd realistically be pushing to keep and have other guys on the market who have been floated to a lot of teams now. Isaac Liu, Sua, Connor Watson, like there's a few guys that have been throwing up for other clubs. I don't know if the dogs would be first choice for a lot of these guys. No, that's a fair comment. Um, Hooker, they said, is realistically... They, they
2: need to get rid of the ones they need to get rid of. Yeah. As simple as that. Like, if, if they don't need plans,
1: just move them regardless of who can get in. Hmm. I think Hooker is the real priority and they've brought this up before. they Went after Smith. Barrett had tried to have a meeting down in Melbourne on the down low. Melbourne's made that more than clear that he's not going anywhere. Um, he's accepted that fact. They've been linked to Mitch Kenny, who's off contract for next year. Would have been an upgrade on what they've got right now. And like Honestly, for the stocks they've got, I think their stocks are great. I think Marshall and if you Even if you had Kenny, I don't think there's a huge difference between those two guys. But again, Kenny's not solving your long-term problem at nine. They obviously still need a lot of forwards. Um, and then the other thing that happened to them, obviously this week, is they had players breach COVID protocol. So Napa, Wakem, Shup, uh, and then it was later revealed Katawa and Waddell went to the Royal Hotel in Bondi, uh, which was attended by a positive case. So I think that's all being reviewed now. They use QR codes, um, which is at least half decent of them to have done the right thing there. But there's a possibility there that they're going to be obviously missing some time. Um, and right now, no one can train until they're all clear. So not uh, the greatest week for the Bulldogs in that regard but speaking, it's speaking just unprofessional isn't it well if they knew about it and things ramp back up to level 3 I think before this case which is why it's being looked at by the league right now but like I know well now, now they're, on, they're in level 4 now it's gone next level yeah now they can't have anyone to their house at all so, so and that's
2: that's irrespective of whether you're in New South
1: Wales or Queensland like everyone I think yeah everyone's down it's
3: uh level 4
1: it's uh, interesting hopefully the bloody footy doesn't stop I think that's one thing we're all, I'm worried about No, nah, I'm not worried about that but uh, I think for them for and one of those guys I mentioned a former player at the club you see someone they could look at I guess he's asking price in the years they're probably not willing to budge now the Tigers well, after said it's just going to depend on whether those guys want to go back there Yeah, well, the Tigers are another one that everyone linked last week, saying that's the person they need, but same deal for them, Uh, regardless of culture. Where would you rather go, Bulldogs or Tigers? If I'm Dale Finucane? No, any of those players. That's bloody hard. I'm I'm firmly in the Dogs camp. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) That's a hard call. I look at both and I, I don't see a whole lot bright going on at the moment. But I, I Well, I see the Bulldogs are a lot younger. And
2: the Bulldogs actually have some decent players
1: coming across. The Tigers have got... Well, with, Bert, with Burton and the few that are coming next year, yeah, but I'd be wanting some more artillery in the forwards, that's for sure. So, yeah, yeah probably the Bulldogs right now. But speaking of the Tigers... Everyone's mentioned it that they need a culture setter, and everyone's saying, Well, that was James Tarmow. He was that young group last year. He's coming from Penrith. How come that didn't change everything? Well, one person can't change everything. That's a
3: ridiculous comment.
1: It is. We need a
2: culture changer,
1: like one person changes a culture. No, they don't. It's up to the group to also buy in. They've got a former Premiership winning coach who's won the Super League, won with South Sydney, coached New Zealand, and he hasn't been able to change it. They've got he knows what good culture looks like. Exactly. And if he can't change it, well, one player's not going to change it, but the talk now I from everyone... No, we, we were there for two years while he was, he was in his first two years at the club. He's driving, driving a standard there. 100%. But they're talking now about Fanucan, and I look at this and go, well, it's exactly the move they don't need to make because it's the situation, well, does he want to go there? And if he does, he's going to want... Four years, apparently $800,000. And I think what he brings off the field still is not worth $800,000 in ability. No, nah, not on, for a middle forward. And for four Sorry. years as well. Like He's had a couple of injuries. He missed eight to ten games last year for Melbourne. He missed six or seven to start this season off as well. He's a great player. He's a great person. I'm sure he'd, he'd do plenty of good things. But I just don't think this is the sort of deal the Tigers need right now. No, I agree. So even if their hat's in the ring. I'd pay 500000 I think you'd probably get more than that but yeah no, I get that to go to I mean, the Tigers that'd, that'd be my lead yeah to go to the Tigers and for what they're looking for I think North Queensland had a sniff they've mentioned a lot of other clubs but apparently they're looking four years close to 800,000 which I'm um, not surprised that not many people have bit so far <laughs> but I think at the end of the day if you want that sort of money that's where you've got to go it's not going to get it at Melbourne that's for sure And the last little bit I've got here, uh, Manly, obviously focusing in-house. We knew they had some cap restrictions. They're obviously very top-heavy. They've tried to make some moves, but happy with Brad Parker and Morgan Harper, who's already got an extra year on top Harper, but they're looking to extend him out. So they're trying to lock in what they've got internally at the moment. And then the Gold Coast Titans have made a couple of moves today. So Patrick Herbert, or a couple of days ago, locked him up for another two years. And Toby Sexton, the young Half who they brought in, along with Tanner Boyd, who are both former Australian schoolboys, is now signed until 2024. So uh, in all likelihood, they're looking young, long-term. You can expect that Ash Taylor will be moved out. And the last one i got here is the Cowboys, who have locked up a lot of guys, especially their youth, and a few of their older blokes who have shown okay form. But one I probably didn't expect, he's been better this year, but Granville got an extension of two years. One year, though, and wow. the second is in the club's favour. So if in twelve months' time they're not happy, they can move on from him. But you know, I didn't think anyone would be rushing to sign Jake Granville at this point in time. So um, his duo this year hasn't been too bad, I guess, working in tandem with Robson. He hasn't played great football the last couple of years, but yeah, maybe just from the perspective of where they are, hooker depth. There's bugger all on the market. Maybe the right price as well. Yeah, I think that, and just look at the market; it's very, very bare. They're probably put himself in a spot there where they've dangled the carrot um, of a second year in the club's favor if he does the right thing. So, yeah, there you go. That wraps everything up there. So into the tips and preview for this week brought to you by BlueBet.com. If you're going to have a bet on the footy or any sport, do it with BlueBet.com.au. Download the app today as well. Nothing better than a true Blue Bookie, we have no idea about the lineups, box boxhead, so we're just going to be winging it. Um, but for the most part there, nothing new after Origin, and it kicks off Thursday night, which would be a blockbuster, but I get the feeling there'll be some players out, and one team's obviously already depleted. The Roosters up against the Storm, which is now in Newcastle because of COVID. So, uh, Roosters, yeah, I think everyone will basically back up, I think. From the storm side of things. The Roosters still short of troops. Teddy off a huge game, carrying that hip. Don't exactly expect to see him play or back up. He may do, but um, they've got so many other issues and injuries. Crichton only played half a game, expect to see him back up. But yeah, Melbourne at this point in time in terms of troops uh, are a lot healthier. So I'm with you there. And with Blue Bet, a dollar thirty three favourite of the storms, three thirty of the Roosters, minus ten and a half is the line there. Warriors-Dragons is the early Friday game. The Warriors, as I've just mentioned, I, I don't know about Walsh, but if you missed Origin, I doubt he'll play this week. Aiken, Curran, currently out due to COVID isolation. A couple other guys still yet to be cleared. They're likely to have first gamers in with Teens Zalesniak, Lesniak. Townsend on board from the Dragon side of things. Uh, hot and cold form, but good uh, fight back last game. Up against uh, the Raiders, you'll have Hunt, McCulloch, and Sims, you'd assume, probably all able to back up.
2: Yeah, with the Warriors, I I'll be, I'll be leaning Dragons.
1: Yeah, same, not with a lot of confidence. Um, I, I'd assume all their players will back up. Sims, probably the only one who he struggled a little bit last time, even with a long turnaround. He's a bit older now. He's played plenty of football. But, um, yeah, with the Warriors, a couple of new guys, and obviously some of that COVID stuff, it's hard to get a read on them. But Bluebet do have the Warriors as the favourite. dollar sixty-five, two twenty-five for the Dragons. Minus three and a half is the line there. But what would have been a blockbuster at Penrith up against uh, Parramatta Friday night at Bluebet? It question marks now over Nathan Cleary. Come out of that game last night with a bit of a shoulder complaint. Some reports today. Possible sublack shoulder. Could be a couple of weeks. If it's worse, could be anywhere from three to six weeks and try to get him through the season and have surgery at the end. We don't know. Lil I played a full game again, but again, don't think he took a whole lot of damage. Yo, Martin played bit minutes. Toto played a huge game again. If, if I'm Penrith, i do the same thing I said last time. My focus is playing finals football. I wouldn't back up any of my origin players. So... No, uh, no, they don't need to. That's just me. I, I think they're not going to be threatened top four-wise for Parramatta. There's Paulo, and I'm pretty sure that was the only one off the top of my head. So for them, really good chance to get a win against a team that will potentially be resting a lot of players. It is a rivalry game. It's usually an absolute cracker, but, yeah, in Penrith's position, I just don't see the need to risk. So uh, with that in mind, I'm going to tip Parramatta going off what I think will happen, and especially Nathan being under a cloud. But if those guys back up and Burton pushes into the halves, if Nathan's out, I'd be confident Penrith could still get the job done. But... I just, I just don't think they'll take the risk. Yeah,
3: I'm still with
1: Penrith. All right. Well, Penrith are the favourites at the moment, a dollar forty-two with BlueBet. Parramatta, two dollar eighty-five outsider. If you like the value or think that some of those guys will be rested, minus seven and a half is the line. Early Saturday, the Bulldogs come up against the Manly Sea Eagles. It's basically already been spoken about again that it's highly unlikely that Tommy will back up. We know that Jake's missing as well. DC will be looking to have a big game and uh, get on the back of that forward pack, which has been red-hot lately. But, uh, yeah, Tom coming out of last night's game, hobbling with that ankle, and even with his load management they've got going, I, I can't see him playing. So without him and Jake, still think uh, their form as of late will see them beat the Bulldogs. But it's a good opportunity for the Bulldogs if they turn up with a bit of spark in this one. But I'll be sticking with Manly. Yeah, same. And, uh, Especially with the Togs five out. So. Yeah, a similar situation with those guys on COVID. So six fifty with Blue Bet are oh, the dogs, a dollar ten favorite of Manly half is the line there. Raiders Titans. So for the Raiders, like we said, a couple of uh, capitulations. Jackie will definitely be available to back up Papali. Turnaround up until Saturday. You'd think uh, there'd be enough time there. On his side of things, the tough loss last time—it's a must-win for both these teams because they've dropped games that they shouldn't have, and they're in that situation now where they're both sitting down on five wins, and if they—they're almost on life support as as is. But lose this game here, and you're in big trouble. So, uh, for the Gold Coast, you'd like to think all those guys will back up Tino, Fafita, etc. They need to show something, especially defensively. They've both both these teams have been poor. In that regard, Gold Coast in terms of how many they're conceding, Raiders in terms of their second half effort. Um, where are you going here? Do you think the Titans can get the job done?
2: Yeah, I, I do, but zero faith. I, I don't know. These are probably the two, two teams looked at the start of the year and thought, well, they both would play finals, probably Cameron more than the Gold Coast, but you thought the Gold Coast would be top eight contenders. They've, just, they've both just been tenders. Canberra can't put two holes together and the Gold Coast can't make a tackle. That's what he is, great. You saw that in the first half against Manly, but they're they're almost unwatchable for me. Both these teams, I I really struggle to watch Canberra because they're so disjointed
3: and out of sync and the Gold Coast just can't tackle. So, good luck. Really, the reason I like the Titans
2: is because the Raiders attack has been so is join joining so I'm not I'm not sure that if the Titans click and can put some points on that Canberra are going to be able to go go with them offensively and that, that's a crazy thing to say considering where Canberra have been the last few years but that, that's how I feel about Canberra's attack at the moment
1: yeah it's pretty average that's for sure
2: yeah I think their, their confidence levels are really low
1: mm, and obviously we know about all the internal stuff and Couple of senior I figures. I
2: White last night; like he, he, just looked. He didn't look as confident either, running no. around
1: out
3: there last
2: night. No. That's
1: what he did last year, so. And it showed in his club form as well. Yeah. Usually, when you're on that next level, even when things are going bad, you can generate something. But even he looks lost. So, uh, with zero faith, I'm going to go the Raiders. But if the Titans all back up, and I don't know who the Raiders are going to name, they've been struggling. A little bit in that regard as well, uh, like Jack will back up. There's no doubt about that. Josh, you'd expect would back up again, having the six day turnaround. But they're both, like I said, on five wins. I'm pretty sure they're just buying that log jam of teams now, where there's North Queensland, Newcastle got a vital win last week. The Sharks are pushing up. The Dragons got a win, etc. So um, it's getting away from both these teams. So it's a big game. Yeah. Who are you tipping? Gold Coast. They're the Outsiders at $2.95 with Bet. The Raiders $1.40, favorite, which I think is a bit short. Minus 8.5 is the line there. The Knights play the Cowboys. Another one where, again, Cowboys are sitting on that fringe. Newcastle trying to pull their way back up. That log jam. Uh, Safidi, he backed up last time. Hopefully backs up again. Will they get Ponga back on board this week? He was named before. Pulled out. Having pierced back the week before was obviously a big thing. So good signs on their side of things for the Cowboys. With that turnaround again of six days, you'd expect Felt, Molo off limited minutes. And uh, who else is there? I'm forgetting who the other one off the top made. Valentine Holmes, who backed up last time on short turnaround. You'd expect all those guys to back up. But uh, it's at Newcastle. They haven't been the greatest at home this year. So it's hard because North Queensland... Showed a, a good bit of form, particular at home there for a bit. The last few weeks they've had some terrible defensive efforts themselves. So I'm going to give Newcastle the benefit of the doubt without knowing again who they're naming. But this is another important game. Yeah. No, it's zero confidence. So. Mhm. And with blue bet, they're a dollar sixty-two favorite. Two thirty. The Cowboys minus three and a half. The line and Sunday wraps us up. The Broncos up against the Sharks. At Suncorp. I don't know how that's going to work. In terms of will the Sharks fly up day of, in and out like last year, now that things have been elevated, would they move the game? I don't know, but for Brisbane, uh, Coates was called in late. Haas, obviously there, there was talk that Stags would be back after this period. That'd be very good for them, but off a major injury, you don't expect him to be, you know, kicking doors down first game back. For the Sharks, Started to find a little bit of form uh, and have things turn around there been pretty much unaffected by this period so good opportunity for them. I'm going to lean towards Cronulla to keep things going but I'll be interested to see what happens with this game and their situation if they have to fly up day of or does things get moved. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, Cronulla. And with Blue Bet they're a $1.40 ninety five. are the Broncos in the last game of the round. Tigers up against the bunnies, match up against his old club. Tigers off the back of the bye and that 66 point drubbing. Be interesting to see how they turn up. Obviously unaffected by this period. South's seven day turnaround, so they've got the option there with a few guys Arrow, Luttrell, Gagai, Murray, etc. to either nurse them through for the week and basically not make them train at all and play them, or maybe because they're playing the Tigers if they're comfortable. They might rest a couple of guys like they did last game and play half of them. I'm not too sure, but regardless, I'll be sticking with South Sydney. South. And the odds reflect that with Blue. dollar ten. are the bunnies. $7 for the Tigers. 20 dollars half is the line there. So there you go. We need to find a, a charity bet, but I guess we'll try and nut that out once we get some proper lineups and see who's backing up. No. we on, mate. That's what we'll have to do, mate. But other than that for this week, um, yeah, not much. Back to normal for next week's show. And then we'll hopefully have some news about what's going on with Origin 3 by then.
2: Yeah, we'll definitely know by then. I'd be shocked if we don't hear something uh,
1: tomorrow. But otherwise for now, that pretty much just sums us up. There there would have been a bit more... To review, if we had a bit more of a contest, but just wasn't the case. Well, we spoke about it for half an hour. Come on. We spoke about things more around the game and the future of Origin. Um, There was a lot of lot of positive feedback about our jersey
2: talk last week. A lot of photos got flicked through.
1: Yeah, saw saw some. It was good. It's
2: outstanding. Flick through old jerseys. Love it. It's a little bit of a hobby of mine, mate.
1: Old school jerseys. Trying to
2: find old jerseys, mate.
1: Trying to find the premiership winner of jerseys. I've got a 2004 Leeds Rhinos jersey being shipped over at the moment. It's an absolute belter. Excellent. The old cotton with the button. Did you see? Speaking of Leeds, old Connie Harrell getting his bell run. Yeah, he got his bell run by Lee Mosser. What was going on there? Me, he went down like a bag of shit. What about he?
2: Um, it he w- took it. He took it well though. He on he put a post up on Twitter saying. Hey, guys, I just woke up from a little sleep. Next time
1: I will up, I get my hands up. <laughs> what, what, what was the game? Why'd he chase after him? Oh, it's the Super League. Oh. Mossop, I'll give him that. It was a good punch off the back foot. He just went, and it, that was it. It was clean, sleep. and Hurl just fell down. Yep. And speaking of Super League, did you watch the All-Stars game? No, I didn't. I did, and it was average. And I tell you what, if that's the best England I've got for the World Cup, they're in big trouble. England,
2: no. England, England,
1: the rugby league in England is at an all-time low. Because, again, I have been watching the Super when League. I'm, when I'm not watching the Super League, you know there's something wrong with the Super League. Well, I'll put it this way. I was never a big fan of Sam Tompkins, but he was the starting fullback. And they didn't pick him. I think Jake Connor, the guy who played for the All-Stars, is an Englishman. Did young George What's that? Did George Williams fight? No. He was in the grandstand. Obviously, they'll have Whitehead, Hodgson, a few other guys they can pick. But, yeah, when I saw Tompkins was the fullback, I thought, well, I haven't watched in a long time, but is he playing well or what? Because I thought they would have been well past the Sam Tompkins phase. But uh, Connor and him, apparently, and again, any UK people that have been watching, you'd have a better idea than me, are contending for that job. Connor played in the All-Stars team. Timmy Sheen's picked him, and I, I thought he had some good moments. So. Um yeah, other than that, it was a lot of guys that didn't play a whole lot here. Uh, like Luke Yates who used to play at Newcastle, I think he only played two or three first grade games. He was starting, Peter Metautier was in the team. Um, you know, you got Hastings is obviously coming back next year and Aiden Caesar in the half so in that department they weren't too bad off. But a lot of guys I haven't I don't haven't seen in a long time or almost forgotten like crazy Kenny Edwards were running around. That was fun to watch. Oh Paulie, Paulie, haven't seen him in years. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the fact that England struggled—they lot—they did ended up losing to add the, the NRL guys back in. And again, it's not the strongest Australian contingent I've ever seen over in the Super League. But yeah, it was football. I watched it, but I, I didn't think it was the greatest game. It was football, man. It's so I did watch it, man. and the women's origin—I think the weather hurt it. Um, yeah, I didn't watch it. I watched it, but weather affected it. They were both clunky in attack and as much as I'm glad that the wrestles sort of out of the game and the six against I think have gone too far the other way, I think with the women's game it was the complete opposite. It was WrestleMania in the wet the other night and there was a lot of drop pill and it wasn't exactly the cleanest game. There was a few sort of brouhaha's that almost happened but didn't happen and it finished with a pretty average penalty I thought in front of the stick. um, Dry weather I think would have made it a better game but that was the football for the weekend. So. I'm not I'm not that
2: that desperate to watch either of those two games that
1: you spoke of. Well I watched everything, so Yeah. There so. you go.
2: And state of origin that was pretty ordinary
1: as well. Yeah, well, you you just don't get that feeling as a, as a game I'm talking that, Yeah, but we I used to enjoy that feeling when you're sitting there nervous for the whole eighty minutes and like there's been nothing that gave you any sort of that feeling. Plenty of happy happiness while it's going on in the bloodless happening, but yeah, not much uh left to be desired in terms of the end of the game, that's for sure but I guess uh, what do you do hopefully we get some good games this weekend there's a couple there like we said in the battle for the bottom end of that top 8 hopefully they turn up and have a crack big thank you to Penrith Solar Centre tackle your rising power bills head on this season with the help of Solar Energy the team at PSC are passionate helping Western Sydney Simbin rising electricity bills for good find out how they can make you your family the real big winners this season with quality solar solutions for you and your home. Give them a call today on 18 or 20 29 30 or visit and thank you, Bluebet, true blue Aussie bookie. Visit the website www.bluebet.com.au or download the app today. There is no one better to bet with than Bluebet. Ball. There you go, Boxhead. We're in lockdown, but at least we're back to a full round of football, which I desperately missed last weekend. Yep, and I can go and get another beer. That's right. <laughs> and if anything ends up stopping this, I don't know what I'm going to do. Stop what? The season again. I'll cut it out. It absolutely. Luck- You're not just listening to my political rant for five minutes. Like we're
2: fucking locked down for. Like there's no, there's not even a case like where we live in Penrith
1: So it's. Angry. <laughs> ah, it's all good. Well, everybody out there, I know. Get a, va-
3: get a vaccine if you can get a vaccine.
1: Well, I think there was something that came out before that they will give you the AstraZeneca. Now they're trying to phase it out if you're willing to go get it or you want it. I'll get it. So, straight in the neck. Straight in <laughs> the... <laughs> you took one of the jugular, man. Straight the jugular, man. But uh, for everybody out there, I didn't pay I'm much. I want both of them at the same time, mate. One in HR. <laughs> I want both doses first go. Let's do now, it. Double please. barrel. Load me up. Uh, i turn it into the Hulk. I didn't really pay attention, but it seemed like there's lockdown everywhere. NT a lockdown because they've got their first sort of cases. They've got cases for the first time. WA, I think Queensland, Everyone's basically looks like they're in a position where it's sort of happening. But if you're out there, take care, like Brock said before. Talk to those around you. Text, keep in contact. Try to keep yourself sane if you're out of work or you've got any issues there. You know, uh, feel free to inboxes if you want to talk footy or over chat in this hard time I've got plenty of time on my hands mate but yeah like we said everyone out there we just hope that everyone's doing well and uh everyone's well-being in all regards family financially mentally etc uh, and if you hit
2: me from the hours between 6pm and 10pm I'll be drinking beers
1: mate there you go so you might get an interesting response
2: you will you'll get you get, get an
1: honest response excellent <laughs> not that
2: you wouldn't get one if you fucking meditation right. at 6am in the morning standard <laughs> Standard behaviour, it doesn't change. For the team. I wonder how Laurie's feeling about three out of the last
1: four series. Well, he laid the foundations. <laughs> <laughs> Laurie Dale. I
2: blooded these
1: players. I stuck strong with Greg Bird. Why doesn't Freddie acknowledge me? I've stuck with the Birdman and Robbie Farrar. I'm the second best coach
2: in New South Wales history and the
1: second best 5'8. I still can't believe we won a series with Josh Reynolds and Trent Hodkinson in the half. Yeah, he's a miracle worker. Of all the ways for that Larry run. is a miracle worker. <laughs> for that run to end with Reynolds and Hodkinson, dear Lord. Yeah, you got the tripper. The tripper won an origin series. <laughs> Sweep the leg, Johnny. <laughs> Sweep it. He's the karate kid, Johnny Lawrence. Sweep the leg. And, and i no know to Hodkinson, poor bastard. Yeah, He was and tough. He he was tough. He could play, okay. Yeah, good good kicking game, good defender. He was solid. Yeah. But there you go. Everyone out there, stay safe. Take care of yourselves and one another. Like I said, feel free to hit us up. Keep things going in that discussion group. If you've got some good stuff, keep it going. It's good value for everyone. I want some more controversial stuff in there. You want more controversial stuff? Yeah, just people, like, have a... I have an unpopular opinion. I like an unpopular opinion. That's fine. but don't have one of these things where people just attack people about stuff. Or no, no, no. I just want an unpopular opinion. Right, nah. You want legit? No, forget that. We need legit rugby league debate. Everyone's pretty good yeah, so far, right. I must admit. When I look, things are mostly kept on track. So, yeah. I like it. It's good. Yeah, I'm yeah. But Other than that, that's another week down, box head. Uh, right, mate? Looking forward to watching a full round of normal NRL this weekend. We'll see who backs up. Hopefully it's a cracker, but for now... Enjoy I'll your week. Stand on the roof of the Lancer actually and watch the Panthers game. Stand on the roof <laughs> get arrested. Well, have, we'll, if we'll I Can't be we'll, here, mate. Supposed to be at home. We'll borrow the old man's Pantech. I'll put on <laughs> some of my in work clothes and we'll pretend we're working on something that's about to break down. We'll just stand on top of that. Something. Bring a bucket truck and we'll put it up in the air. And we'll buy a bucket. Yeah, I'll, that's. We'll, I'll eat a bucket in the bucket. That's fine, mate. <laughs> <Good. laughs> Get slaughtered. Outstanding, man. Uh, Can you fit a bucket and an esky in there? Oh, easily. Yeah, right. We'll just take out the electrical, uh, the insulated liner because it weighs about 30 kilos, and that can ease a bit of the weight, and we'll put in a bucket of chicken and an esky. Sounds good, man. Problem solved. We'll get elevation above the stadium. Yeah. Excellent. Well, a bird's eye view. We might be fucking frozen cold, but... (laughs) We'll get the premiership for... And chicken drunk your that is effort to watch a game of rugby league? Yeah. Uh, classic. Alrighty, let's go. Everybody... Enjoy your week in rugby league, guys. What's that? Enjoy your week of rugby league. Yeah, mate, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it
0: on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?